Welcome back to the Therapy Would Be Cheaper podcast. I'm your host and not a licensed therapist, Kenzie Rowland. This week, we dive into the world of depression and depression recovery. We cover topics like why buying 100 dresses will never make your undiagnosed depression go away and why we really don't deserve dogs. Parents or any other childcare people, this is a great episode for you. My guest walks us through her own tips and tricks of how to handle your little one's big feelings and nurture them in a constructive and supportive way. Come hang out with us as we chat with the loving, funny, and the smartest childcare worker out there, my good friend, Illy Yates. All right. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Therapy Would Be Cheaper podcast. My name is Kenzie Rowland. I'm your host. I am so excited for today's episode. One of my very good friends, Illy Yates, is here with me today, um, and we're going to have some fun conversations about mental health. Thank you for being here, Illy. I'm so glad you came. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I'm just going to jump right in with you. Um, I know that you struggle from depression. We've talked about this many, many times. Mm -hmm. And I think I read the other day that like 16 million people in the United States suffer from depression or have suffered from depression. This happens to a lot of us. So when did you realize you first had depression? And what did that look like for you specifically? Um, I think I first realized it when I was in college at Georgia State and I was 19, maybe 20, and I just did not want to go to any of my classes. I was living in Midtown and I was just purposely missing them, sleeping in. I hated everything about school. And so I told my parents I wanted to leave. I wanted to take time off from school. And then that's when I took a medical leave of absence and I saw a therapist and after talking to them they're like I think you're depressed like I think you should be put on medication like there's a reason why you feel this way why you're thinking this way like let's see if anything we do can help you Mm -hmm. that's amazing I'm I'm proud of you for going to like take the or for taking the initiative to go seek help a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't what was that like for you seeking help did you kind of did you have family pushing you did you do it on your own How was that? Um, I feel like I kind of did it on my own. Like I saw a counselor in high school, like my senior year of high school, Mm -hmm. but I feel like that was more so to help me figure out where I wanted to go to school and whether or not I wanted to go to school. And then I think just seeing that person helped me feel better with talking to someone outside of my family or outside of my inner circle. So then when I was at school at state and my family realized I just wasn't attending classes and that I just didn't want to and everything like that. I think my mom really supported me on seeking help. And I feel like, I think my dad also supported me as well, but I also feel like that men kind of just don't understand it all the time, Mm -hmm. sort of, Mm -hmm. where it's just like, oh, nothing's wrong with you. It's like, no, something is, but that's okay. Right. I love Mm -hmm. that you said that something is wrong, but that's okay. You're 100% correct. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people need to hear that. What was it like for you getting a diagnosis? Like, did it kind of freak you out at first? Uh, Was it like a light bulb? Were you like, yay, I finally have an answer? Uh, You know, kind of to go back to what I was saying before, like on social media, you see stuff about anxiety. You really don't see a lot about depression. It's kind of hush-hush still. So did you kind of feel isolated in this journey? Did you, I mean, you already said you had a lot of family around you that was helpful, but what was that like for you? Yeah, I think... I think it was really eye-opening in the sense where I was just like, okay, I can understand the science behind it all now, where I just literally can't produce, like, this chemical in my brain. This is why I'm feeling this way. And 
knowing that I'm not alone, that a lot of people have depression, but like you said before, it's just kind of hush-hush that there's this sort of taboo around the whole topic of depression. And so knowing that I felt like it explained so much about me as a person, as a whole, and why I do things the way I do them. Mm-hmm. And knowing that was nice. It did feel a little isolating when I was explaining it to people. They're like, oh, you're not depressed. Like, you seem so happy. And it's like, well, there's a reason why I seem so happy because I'm putting on like a face in front of everyone because I'm right. afraid of how you're going to react to seeing the true me sort of thing. So. I'm glad you brought that up about putting on a face so the rest of the world doesn't see it. I feel like a lot of people do that where, you know, there's this misconception that if you're struggling, you really look like you're struggling. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like mental illness looks different on every single person. Did you feel the need to hide it just because you didn't want to talk about it? Or was it, you know, a pride thing? Or was it just kind of like, I don't know, I've always lived this way. I just kind of bury it deep down. (laughs) I think it was kind of a mixture of all of it. I think it was just, I'm not, I can be an open person, but only to those that really know me and I'm trying to be more open about you know my mental health and just my opinions as a whole now that I'm an adult Mm -hmm. or now that I'm older uh but when it came to friends it was more so I think I was worried about them not wanting to hang out with me or go Mm -hmm. do things with me it's like oh well like is she gonna be depressed is she gonna be acting moody is she gonna be irritable and just you know Mm -hmm. I would have a thousand one things racing in my mind so it was just like all right better to just seem happy than anything else yeah oh I totally understand what you mean I did that forever I still catch myself doing that because you're right like there is this stigma still around it which is why we're doing the podcast in the first place but there is this stigma around mental health in general still like you know I have OCD I have PTSD and it's like as soon as you tell somebody those things you never know if they're going to use it against you you never know if they're like you said are going to treat you a little bit differently or um like spin it on you or something and it is it's a it's it's a weird place to be yeah so I, I know exactly what you're talking about but with all of the you know trials and tribulations you had to go through before you realized you had depression I know that depression knocks you flat out but what do you think was probably the funniest thing that your depression ever made you do because that's the whole point of the therapy would be cheaper podcast right like we're gonna laugh about this cathartically because now we've all gotten through it so what do you think is the funniest thing your depression ever made you do yeah so the funniest thing that my depression has ever made me do is a year ago when covid first happened and we were in lockdown and it was the first month or so sitting at home andy's playing a video game i'm probably in the bedroom watching a show or something like that and i come out and i just start bawling like out of (laughs) nowhere i come out of the bedroom just crying and he's like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? Are you hurt? And Andy's your boyfriend, yes, right? Yes, okay. Andy's my boyfriend. And he comes out and he's like, or asks me, are you okay? What's wrong? Are you hurt? Like, what's happening? Which is like, I am just so sad. Like, I want a dog. Like, I need a dog right now. I need, <laughs> like, I need an animal to care for. Like, I want one. He's like, what? And I was just like, this is what's going to make me happy. <laughs> so... You needed a Snoopy. Yeah, I know. I know. I needed I needed SIBO to be in my life to make me happy. And so I kind of twisted my depression around to finally get me a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. You know what's so funny about that? Somebody who is really open about their depression struggles is Kristen Bell. Do you follow her on yes. Instagram? Mm-hmm. 
I swear she does the same thing. Like they have four rescue dogs or something insane like that. It's, I mean, it's like, it's, I'm happy it happened, obviously. But looking back at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was such a mess that day. And then like fast forward two weeks after that, we found Sibo drove and got him and now he's been with us for the past year and a half now and Sibo is the cutest little corgi pup ever thanks 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 oh my gosh he's the cutest oh that's so funny I love that so much so tell me how you know you just told us the funniest story ever about like how you had to get a dog totally relate to feel better (laughs) um how do you think humor has helped you express your opinions and your feelings around your depression more now than before you had a humorous lens because like you said a second ago like as you're getting older you're you're more talkative about your mental health struggles you want to be more open about it how has humor kind of helped you um I guess cope would be the right word or, mm-hmm. or, or understand it better yeah um let's see I think humor is just kind of helping me in the sense where I don't know. I feel like my humor can be a little dark sometimes. So dark, dark comedy is the best comedy. Um, I can make some sort of, I guess, dark jokes around the people who know me mm-hmm. about my depression. And then, you know, maybe they'll strike up a conversation to talk about it a little bit more totally. to get the ball rolling on it. Um, yeah, I feel like when you kind of like pinprick a, a serious topic with comedy or with humor, it it makes more room for people to start talking about it as well. Mm-hmm. It like kind of takes that weird pressure off. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I definitely think it takes the pressure off. And I think that once you kind of use comedy in that sense to do it, then people are like, oh, okay, you know, they're going through this as well. Like maybe I should open up my story if I'm also going through it and everything like that and just you know take away the stigma behind talking about mental health and just depression in general Mm -hmm. do you have any like favorite maybe even like Instagram accounts that you follow like there's a couple depression Instagram accounts that I follow that are humorous that I think are really like fun is there anything that you that has like a humorous side to depression or depression struggles that you like or emulate or you know what I mean not really any Instagram accounts but I can't think of any off the top of my head but I do follow a lot of ones that just have I guess inspiring quotes and I feel like I always happen to stumble upon them right when I need it Mm -hmm. and it's just really nice Mm -hmm. to see but also actually no you because I follow you on Instagram (laughs) you post some of the best things out there and I feel like whenever I'm Instagram like huh what is Kenzie posting today and I look and it's just like I needed to see this right then and there like whether it be about mental health or, you know, body positivity. I'm just like, this is what I needed. Now I feel a little bit better. Like, let me tackle whatever's going on. Well, I just completely melted. <laughs> Thank you. That's like the nicest thing. Well, apart from me, you said that you have been struggling with depression for most of your life, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. And you finally went and got help for it when you were 19? Yeah. So, 1920. 1920. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do you think that your depression has changed from you know being a teenager until now like almost being in your 30s like what how has it manifested is it is it different is it the same it's different because when I was a teenager and before I was diagnosed I would you know I would purposely turn off my phone so no one could reach me Mm -hmm. and so I would and I would sleep I would sleep hours on end Mm -hmm. and then when I would wake up turn back my turn my phone back on I'd have you know several missed phone calls or text messages from friends or family 
friends I was supposed to have plans with and everything like that. It's like, why don't you show up? Why aren't mm-hmm. you answering? It's like, hey, I thought we were going to hang out sort of thing. Um, but now I'm almost 30. It's changed in the sense that I can start to realize when I'm spiraling and therapy has definitely helped me with that. Noticing my, um, I guess like trigger warnings and everything like that with that, where if I have too much on my plate, if I think I have to be so perfect or that I have to get everything done by this date, even though there's not really a set deadline, just being too hard on myself, I can find myself wanting to just, okay, you know what? I'm going to take a nap. And it's like, well, why am I taking a nap? Am I actually tired or am I trying to avoid something sort of thing? Um, And now I can also just freely talk about it. It's like, hey, you know what? I would love to hang out with you, but I need to take care of me right now first. Like it's been a hard work week. Got a lot going on in my mind. Like I just need a breather. Or now if I do that, like if I want to hang out by myself or I reach out to friends and be like, hey, I could really use a friend right now. Like, do you want to grab lunch? Do you want to grab dinner? Like, hey, let's go get our nails done sort of thing so I can have someone to talk to and just make me feel better, I guess, in a sense. Wow, that's really cool. I like that you said that you can feel your triggers now. Like, that's, like, something that's changed for you as you've gotten older and therapy's helped you with that. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really important to kind of catch, right? Yeah. And that's like, that's an invaluable tool you do learn in therapy is to learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you think the representation for mental health has changed since you were a teenager, like in the media? Like, how do you think, are they, is it better? Are they still kind of missing the mark? I know more people are a little more open about it now. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it could still be even more open. Like it's definitely changed since I was, a teenager and I'm seeing you know more and more celebrities and just friends in general coming out it's like hey I'm suffering with x y and z and it's okay but I think what's the most important is that I feel like we should start learning this at a very young age yes and I think that people just if you're around children if you know any children you need to start okaying their feelings and it's like hey it's okay for you to be angry it's okay for you to be jealous sad or whatever it's okay to feel this way but it's like why are you feeling this way like can you tell me what happened sort of thing and just making it okay to talk about your emotions so then that way later on in life they're not being like me who's just hiding all of my emotions until right. you know something happens and then you know in my instance like I left school for a year and a half and then had to go to therapy and everything like that and it's like oh this explains so much about my childhood so much about <laughs> who I am as a person now and uh <laughs> But yeah, I think it just really starts with learning it as kids where it's okay to be different. It's okay to have more feelings or more emotions than the person next to you sort of thing. And I think that the media is starting to do better, but I think we still have a long way to go. Yeah, I agree with that. I love what you said too about um, kind of tackling it and when they're children being like, that's okay that you mm-hmm. feel this way. It is normal. You are valid. Yeah. I love I didn't mean to laugh at or at you I wasn't laughing at you I was laughing at the fact that you were saying um like oh my childhood makes so much more sense now that I know this because I was like yeah fucking same (laughs) like when I found out I have OCD like an anxiety disorder man the light bulb turned on in my head I was like oh no wonder everybody was so excited about Santa Claus but I was terrified of a stranger coming down my chimney okay if you really look at it though that's fucking terrifying it is Santa is cute and all but there's a strange man coming down your chimney to bring you presents yeah it doesn't make any sense okay well 
Is it kind of title of the sense I'm going off on a Santa rant? It was terrifying. Um, <laughs> actually, no, I have one more question about the media thing. If um, you were saying that you think they can do better. So I find with a lot of stuff that's going on, like in Hollywood or even in the news, like all, the, all these things that you kind of see, social media, where people are like starting to open up about mental health and they're missing the mark on stuff. I feel like it's, the, for me, when I think that they're missing the mark, it's like they're doing, too, they're throwing too much of a blanket on it, being like, oh, I'm, you know, it's okay to be sad. That's depression. It's okay to yada, yada, whatever. And it's like, you know, up until recently, I don't even think I understood that depression was a lot of really horrible, intrusive thoughts about yourself. It's mm-hmm. kind of what caused you to like feel all the sadness and the sleepiness and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I wish that when people make these kind of remarks or if TV shows are going to talk about it or all of these things, I wish they would kind of tell you like a little bit more in depth of why. Cause I feel like that's still isolating to a lot of people being like, Oh, I'm just sad. I guess, you know yeah. what I mean? Like there, there, there's not any depth there. Like, Oh, I'm just anxious or so anxious today. And it's like, okay, well like, let's talk about the intrusive thoughts that make yeah. you anxious or let's talk about the ticks that can make you anxious or let's talk about, you know, um, the things you were saying with depression, like where you're like, am I sleepy or am I avoiding something? Like, let's talk about these things. Do you feel that way too? Do you feel like when they're missing the mark, it's like they're just missing those like really important details? Yeah, no, I definitely think they're missing those important details. Like you just said, where it's like, okay, you're sad. But why are you sad? Mm -hmm. Why are you anxious? What's making you anxious? What's making you upset right now? It's like, is it the thoughts going on in your head? Is it your friend didn't respond back to your text message. So now you're making up 5,000 different scenarios in your head. About that why they, they hate, hate you now. Yeah, why they hate you. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, no, their phone was just off. Or it's like, yep, they're at dinner. Like they don't need to text you back right away. Right. Sort of thing. It's just dealing with that mm-hmm. and understanding where it's like, okay, no, it's not your friendship. Like your friendship is strong. It's just those thoughts in your head mm-hmm. that are invading your well-being. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny how, things in the media are like they're trying to be so safe in this new world I feel like where they're just like well we'll say enough to Mm -hmm. make it look like we're being edgy edgy and it's like no just go like one freaking step further and then you're really doing a good thing you know okay well this podcast is called the therapy would be cheaper podcast because when I was going through recovery I was like wow there's a lot of things that I did that therapy would have been a whole lot cheaper than me doing these said things (laughs) do you have a moment where you were like damn therapy would have been a lot cheaper (laughs) than everything I just did probably school like I wish I had (laughs) honestly found this all out before I started college and I think I would have taken time off before starting college versus in the middle of it yeah and that could have saved me a lot of money and a lot of student loan debt um (laughs) also I used to have a really bad habit that when I would get super depressed, mm. I would just go on a crazy shopping spree. And <laughs> oh, yeah, so, I did that too. <laughs> you know, like several hundred dollars later, yep. looking at my bank account, yep. just like, why did I buy all of these dresses? Why did I buy 20 pairs of shoes that I'm never going to wear? Because for five seconds, yeah. I felt alive. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> I felt alive. I felt good about it. But then I'm home looking at all the bags sitting in yep. front of me. is like, fuck, why did I do this? <laughs> Therapy would 100% be cheaper. (laughs) So I know you said a second ago that you think that the best way to kind of handle moving forward with mental health 
this mental health kind of like movement and normalization is like starting them when they're young, talking to them when they're young, saying like, it's okay if you have a lot of feelings, it's okay if you have a lot of emotions. I know you work in childcare, so I'd like to hear your thoughts on how you do that. Because my anxiety was so bad when I was a kid, even that like, I thought my full name was, you know how Kenzie is. Like nobody knew what to do with me. So tell me what you think, like, how do you handle these situations when you see a kid being super anxious or maybe a little bit more sad or kind of like more explosive or, you know, what are, what are your, what what have you noticed? Yeah. So I think it just really depends on the child, but in my experiences with, especially with the kids I'm working with right now, like if they're sad or angry if I'm just like watching them from a distance while they play um it's just like all right what are they about to do next it's like are they about to throw this toy are they about to hit their friend or whatever and then if that happens you know pulling them over to the side just like hey what's going on I think one just using like a very gentle tone with them and just not really ever raising your voice if you can help it um and then just asking them just like hey like I saw this happen did that make you sad or like why did it like, how are you feeling? And then at work, I created a calm down room for the kids I work with. And so there's a separate room from where we normally hang out and play in that has posters about feelings and a wheel you can spin and has fidget toys inside of this like little tent that if they don't want to talk to me or if they don't want to deal with me or whoever they're around, they can just go in there and just take a second to cool down, jump on like their little trampoline or whatever. And then when they're ready, they can come talk I also think that not pushing them to talk about their feelings just like hey if you're upset that's okay or it's like if you don't want to talk to me that's also okay but like know that whatever you're feeling is all right right now you're still loved this is a safe space like I'm not disappointed in you or anything like that and then when they're ready talking about why did xyz happen and then if it was something that was bad like punching someone's like okay you can be angry but we can't punch every kid we see because we're angry. <laughs> right. Like we need to figure out a different way to handle that anger. It's like you could use a big girl voice or big boy voice and yell at them if you need, the, need to. Tell them to stop what they're doing. Or if you want to curl up your fists and stomp away, you can do that. But let's not try to hit people sort of thing. Wow. I love the idea of a calm down room. And I want that in my house as a 30 year old. It's great. There's pillows everywhere. It's (laughs) so much fun. It's so nice. It's comfy. (laughs) I want a trampoline I can, or trampoline I can angrily jump on. That's what I want. (laughs) Oh, wow. And have you seen that really pay off? Like, do you see the kids respond to you really well when you do set up these very healthy boundaries for them? I think so. And we also read, uh, books every now and then about different feelings and emotions and seeing you know different kids of all ethnicities going through it as well Mm -hmm. um and I think I definitely think it helps I've noticed since I've started with the family I'm working for now before it would just be like we're screaming and tears and everything like that which is also okay like tantrums and crying is okay you're allowed to do those things but now it's like all right I'll cry maybe they'll cry for like a minute or two and then they'll take some deep breaths And then they'll come up or they'll tell the person's like, hey, I didn't like what you were doing or I want to be alone right now. I don't want to play with anyone. And then when they're in a better headspace, they come back and join the group. Wow. Look at the impact you made already. (laughs) I'm telling you, like, that's incredible. What are um, I'm interested. What are the books about your feelings that you that you read with them? Um, So there's there's literally so many of them I have no recommendations just because there's so many out there Uh um there's I feel like there's one with crayons that they use like 
a box of crayons to talk about. Oh yeah, um, it's like the, the emotions. Yeah, it was like the little crayon goes to the world or like comes out of yeah, the box something like or that. Something. But it ta- I'll it, link it, it has after like, this episode. It has different like each crayon. I feel like has a different emotion uh-huh, behind it, uh-huh. and that was really cute to see. Um, there's honestly there's so many out there dealing with animals, dealing with you know family dynamics and everything like that. Just anything and everything you can think of out there to mm-hmm. support young children with their emotions okay well I do want to ask you you know you've talked about how you've gone to therapy learned some new tools figured out how to handle your depression what does um, recovery look like for you and do you have something you wish you could have told your undiagnosed self um recovery to me looks like knowing that it's okay to feel the way that I do and that you know, I'll find someone and people who love me for the way that I am and that I don't have to act a certain way around that person or those people. Um, Knowing that I can always make myself better and that it's okay to have those really bad days. It's okay to have those really dark days. And I think I would just tell my younger self that as well, where it's just like, hey, you're going through a lot right now, but that's okay. Like, in 10 years time your life is going to be completely different and you're going to be surrounded by the best people ever be in love with the best person ever and that you know you're going to make it through this that right now may seem like the worst time of your life but it's going to get better oh I love that you're right there it's it is always going to get better and that's like I mean that's what I hope we do with this podcast with this episode is when people listen to it they realize like it is going to get better you're never alone yeah there is a brighter day coming. yes there's always a brighter day it may not seem like it right that second or in that moment but there is and it's just letting yourself take that next step forward and just Mm -hmm. keep moving forward yeah yeah absolutely illy thank you so much for coming on to therapy would be cheaper thank you for being so funny and vulnerable and telling your story thank you so much for being thank you for having me i'm so happy to hear it and i hope that it helps someone or that people can relate to it so that's the dream. Yes. That's the dream. It well, is. I love you. I love you. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Bye, everybody. I love how Illy's approach to real mental health change is to start with helping children understand and feel validated in their emotions. Because she's right. The more we can intrinsically instill a sense of acceptance and self-love in kids, the less sticky work they have to do once they become adults. Therapy Would Be Cheaper isn't only about being brave enough to help yourself. It's also about being brave enough to help other people understand themselves, too. All right, I'm going to go hug my cat that I, too, adopted when I was depressed. Everyone go hug your animals. They do a lot for you. (laughs) As always, I love you. I'm so glad you're here.